0: City to all of you here in town and every corner of the interwebs, it's so hard to do this out, Keith. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you are enjoying this beautiful Wednesday February 13. I am your co-host Brandon Golder and here with me is the adamant, the unbelievable and the ever-present but not so present Keith Butler smith is not here. He was at the game where the Blazers just defeated the Golden State Warriors 129 to 107 in an absolutely unbelievable last game before the All-Star break but that's not the only news that we have. We also have to announce the Blazers have signed Ennis Cantor to a minimum deal after he was waived by the New York Knicks there is a lot to get to tonight but first let's start with this win in Portland against the Warriors I think there is I mean I don't think I know there is a lot to unpack here and the first thing is that some Warriors fans are like oh the Warriors were missing Andre Iguodala and Boogie Cousins like oh no you mean you only had Three or four future Hall of Famers on your team. I feel so bad for you. The Blazers came out in that fourth quarter and 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 totally demoralized the Warriors. The Blazers outscoring the Warriors 35 to 12 in that fourth quarter, where Coach Stotts was leaving the bench in the whole time, basically with Zach Collins playing like a man on a mission. But what really got things going was that that eight. Point possession. The Blazers, they got this crazy eight-point possession in the fourth quarter where, if I can remember, I'm trying to go off the top of my head, Zach Collins drew a flagrant foul from Draymond Green, and when they went to review, it was going to be a common foul, a uh, shooting foul, uh, they reviewed it, and they called it a flagrant foul, and that made Steve Kerr upset. He throws the clipboard on the ground. Warriors coach Steve Kerr, of course throws the clipboard on the ground, punches his hand in the air. He gets ejected. So that that possession basically begins with Damian Lillard taking three free throws, hitting all of them. And then Zach Collins taking two free throws, hitting both of them. And the Blazers retaining possession and Jake Lehman hits a three to cap off the 8 Point possession, which I believe put the Blazers up 13 at the time, about midway through the fourth quarter. That's what really turned the tide. But really, I mean, 35 to 12 in the fourth quarter, I don't care if your coach gets ejected. I don't care what happens. It's against the Warriors and with the Warriors that had Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, and Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green all playing, so I don't care if Boogie Cousins or Iguodala wasn't there, that's still an unbelievable team to beat, especially that badly in the fourth quarter, and think about this, the Blazers breaking their streak, they have finally won a game in which they were trailing in the third quarter, they got it done tonight, so I just want to say, so I'll stop with the anecdotes and the specific facts, I can get into the stats in just a second, but as a fan, as someone just watching this, game, this was so much fun to watch it was such a fun game to watch because it was close basically the entire time so let's go through these quarter by quarter numbers in the first quarter golden state we'll start golden state blazers golden state 33 thirty one. Second quarter 28 to 33 third quarter 34 to 30 and then the fourth quarter 12 to 35 with the Blazers scoring 35 the Warriors just 12 that is so amazing for this Blazers team that's going to be adding another very important bench piece it was so good to see the bench play so well and again like coach Stotts leaving the bench in for long stretches listen to these plus minuses okay so plus minus means how well a player did while they were on the floor. So the plus minus means whether the team did well, uh, scored more points than the opponent while that player was on the floor. I don't know why I'm making this more confusing. It has to be. So plus minus means like if, if my plus minus is a plus two, that means my team scored two more points while I was on the floor Minus two means my my team scored two fewer points when I was on the floor. With all the explanation, listen to these plus minuses. For the Blazers starters, Aminu, negative three. Harkless, negative two. Nurkic, plus zero. Lillard, plus eight. McCollum, plus zero. Listen to the Blazers bench. Scalabeciere. he did get one minute of action. He was plus one. Anthony Simons, he did get one minute of action. He was plus one. Listen to the rest of the Blazers bench. Zach Collins, plus 21. Jake Lehman, plus 21. Evan Turner, plus 10. Seth Curry, plus 28. Rodney Hood, plus plus 25 that tells the story right there coach stops riding with his bench and it's too bad that this game comes right before the all-star break because this would have been a great game for the starters to get some rest which by the way steve kerr the warriors coach before the game basically came, didn't basically he literally came out and said well you I mean, i'm hoping to give my starters some rest this game like pretentious much sorry Warriors I don't care if you were 41 and 15 coming into this game like you can't overlook the Blazers who are obviously looking to beat you as every team in the NBA is and by the way when you're the Warriors it's tough like you're the best team possibly in NBA history you're going to get every team's best shot and that was certainly the case tonight particularly that fourth quarter but coach Stotts trusting his bench and particularly trusting Zach Collins, who, when you look at his line, he what, he had four points, what, five rebounds, what, three blocks, but he was getting under the skin of these Warriors players, which, by the way, these Warriors players have won championships before, These players should be unflappable, and he completely flapped them, for lack of a better term. That is so valuable, and there was some chatter on Twitter about, well, maybe—actually, I think not just any chatter on Twitter. I think it was a holy backboard saying that maybe, maybe Zach Collins is looking over his shoulder with— Ian Ennis Cantor is joining the team that maybe it was that he really wanted to prove that he belonged in the court when Ennis Cantor joins the team. We'll talk about him in a second. And maybe that's true, but part of it is that we have seen Zach Collins time and time again when he gets hit in the face, when he gets pissed off, he plays better. He's not the only player I want to talk about. Jake... Layman hitting him with the Jordan shrug to ice the game, or more more or less ice the game, and the Blazers were up late in the fourth. Hits the three, gives the Jordan shrug. I loved it. And what came before lesser known, Jake Layman giving the kind of the pumping your hands down, sort of like all right, let's like let's like stay focused kind of celebration after three. So good to see Jake Layman continuing to excel. 17 points off the bench seven for nine three for five from deep a plus 21 again really good to see and frankly also good to see mo harkless mo harkless in the starting lineup stats being brusque with athletic reporter jason quick saying i'm not going to talk about why mo harkless is still starting he went four for nine which is pretty good for him 10 points five boards and 20 minutes of action that's not too bad but again, the bench was the story here. Jake Lehman, Rodney Hood looking pretty comfortable. Evan Turner going for 12, 7, and 5. Seth Curry with that plus 28, a team best, and he was only 3 for 6 in the field, but obviously appreciated playing against his brother and also maybe getting warmed up for the three-point competition by not hitting any three-pointers, but still, you know how I'd say the old, old sayings, like if you do well in practice, you won't do well during the game. So maybe Seth Curry going 0 for 3 from deep during the game portends well for his three Three point chances where him and Dame and his brother Steph will all be competing during All Star weekend. Uh, Yusuf Nurk is having, re- having a relatively quiet 11 and 11, just 5 for 14 from the field. CJ's is 5 for 13 from the field. Uh, Lillard doing what he always does 29 points, 8 assists, 3 boards on 9 for 15 shooting. But again, it was that crazy 8 point swing in the fourth quarter that just made everything so much fun to watch because it was one of those games where it's like, the whole time it was competitive, it was close, it was <laughs> it was a it was a sl- not, not a slow game, but it was kinda of, it felt like it felt like a grind. It felt like that both teams were going shot for shot and the Blazers looked very much in their comfort zone against the Warriors, maybe, maybe knowing that the All-Star break was coming up and they could give it their all. It was so fun to watch. This game again, the Blazers pulling it out, one twenty nine to one oh seven. The Blazers now sitting at thirty four and twenty three in the Western Conference. They are still firmly in fourth place. Well, not so firmly, only a game ahead of fifth. But they find themselves in fourth place again. Eleven games over five hundred. The eighth seed at thirty two and twenty seven. The ninth seed at thirty and twenty seven. The Clippers and Kings, respectively. Uh, the Lakers lurking there, a game below five hundred at twenty eight. 29, but the Blazers are firmly at least, if not in the upper echelon of the West, firmly in the middle echelon. It's interesting when you look at the standings of Warriors at the top 41-16. and 16. The Nuggets are two games back. The Thunder are three and a half games back. Then the Blazers seven games back. Rockets eight games back. Jazz nine games back. Spurs nine games back. Clippers ten games back. Kings 11 games back. Lakers 13 games back. You get the picture. There is this mushy middle in the West where the Blazers find themselves on top of that. So you can't really say they're in the upper echelon in the West, but still in fourth place with a three-point differential. That means they're outscoring their opponents by about three points a pop. That's enough on the game. Let's talk about Ennis Cantor. Here with me on absolutely critically short notice, I got Brandon Robinson, the host of Scoopy Radio and a senior writer at B-Ball Society. Uh, Brandon, uh, someone with a great first name. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it.
1: Hey, namesake, what's
0: going on? Not much, man. I mean, I just saw the Blazers uh, take apart the Warriors in the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, that was something to see, but we're not here to talk about that. Uh, We're here to talk a little bit about the Blazers signing Ennis Cantor, uh, someone who was waived by the New York Knicks. Uh, You wrote a couple articles on this. So tell me just like first impressions, Ennis Cantor joining the Portland Trail Blazers. Like like what's your kind of first take on this when you heard the news come down?
1: Uh, well, I can tell you that I actually am a fan of it because I think that um, usually the usual suspects get dimensions on who will go where. So you look at, you know, the Lakers, the Rockets, the Celtics, uh, et cetera. Uh, and, you know, I was reporting earlier on Tuesday uh, or rather Tuesday and Wednesday uh, that Uh, The leading candidates for Cantor were both the the Brooklyn Nets, the Boston Celtics, uh, and the Houston Rockets. And I mean, the, the Portland Trailblazers, to me, have looked impressive. Um, everybody talks about the Warriors, everybody talks about the Lakers, uh, everybody talks about the Rockets, but the, the Blazers really legitimately uh, have a stud in his canter. Uh, in 44 games this season, he averaged uh, roughly 14 points and 10 rebounds per game, uh, but the Knicks' has reached the recent moves this season have not been to his liking. And, um, playing time, the Knicks not really winning. Um, the Knicks were aggressive, I can tell you, in looking to move canter prior to the NBA's trade deadline, but you know... Owing him $18.6 million uh, wasn't really attractive to a lot of teams. So, you know, bring him Cantor in legitimately um, Helps him because or helps the Blazers uh, partic- Particularly in the offensive rebound uh, category He's among the league leaders in offensive rebounds this season and I, I believe will fortify uh, them as a contender uh, this season. I I like the move for the Blazers. Plus he gets more playing time than those other teams that I mentioned.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think the playing time, like you said, there were a couple teams who were in the running for him too. I think the Lakers were also mentioned as someone who, who wanted to get him on the team and remember like, here's something I'd actually forgotten. Uh, Neil Olshay, he offered Ennis Cantor a $70 million contract not all that long ago. And like, so part of me wonders if this is like, you know, Neil Olshay known as the GM who can do moves around the margins. Sure. Yeah. Picking up players for pennies on the dollar. Uh, So, I mean, good to see them get somebody, you know, not for 70 million, but ostensibly for like the vet minimum, I think is how this is going to work. But, but let me ask you this with the Blazers, you know, They didn't make any big moves, right? They added Rodney Hood, a couple second round picks and some players who weren't playing. They added Scala BCA uh, for Caleb Swanigan. And now they're adding Ennis Cantor. The Blazers sitting at fourth. Uh, They just beat the Warriors who were shorthanded. So to be fair, coming into the all-star break, but the sum of these moves to you with with Ennis Cantor, with Rodney Hood and Scala's probably not going to play. Does this make the Blazers a more dangerous playoff team Let's not talk about regular season, but does Ennis Cantor, is he like a playoff team type, type of player? Is he going to help him in the playoffs?
1: I think so. I mean, he has experience in the playoffs playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, and even, it, you know, not playoff experience, but he knows how to go toe-to-toe with, with, with superstars. You saw him go uh, get verbal with LeBron James in the regular season last year. He's an <laughs> yeah. aggressive guy that you, you want in the team. And, you know, the thing that really impresses me about Cantor is he's a center. by position but he's a hybrid center Uh, he's a guy that runs the floor well and uh, 65% of his field goals are inside the key Uh, and like I said earlier he's, he's an offensive rebound juggernaut Uh, He's among the league leaders, averaging nearly four offensive rebounds per game. Um, I like him. I like what he brings to the table. Um, And over the last three seasons, I believe he's averaged 14.2 points, a little bit over nine rebounds, uh, and and shoots 56% from the field in in 24 minutes of play. Um, So I I like what he brings to the table. And I I read some stat on ESPN uh, the other day. Uh, He was tied for third in the NBA in offensive rebounding. I think he was at like 3.9. per game and that was since the start of the season so um he's played as both a starter and off the bench and 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 i really do think he he has the ability to uh deliver instant offense something that daniel lillard could use something that cj McCollum could use and um i I like Rodney hood in the pot stirred as well um and you know even him leaving the knicks and it wasn't on the best of terms um he left You know, on a good note, uh, Scott Perry, uh, the Knicks general manager, spoke glowingly about him. Uh, He said that you know, Canary embraced uh, the franchise in the city. Um, and is a courageous individual and, uh, you wish the best for him, man. I I, want to see him be successful and I think he will be
0: a couple more quick questions on him and then we'll let you go. So you talked about his offensive rebounding. So I'm going to my, my friendly neighborhood, basketball, which is where I go, where I try to sound smart. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking at his offensive rebounding rate. Uh, and and Canner has led the league a couple years in offensive rebounding percentage hovering right around 16 15% in offensive rebounding alone like like here's the thing like do you think in the Blazers offense where like for example like like let me just set this up so the Blazers like really loved Ed Davis uh he went to the Nets for not the, all that much I role. like
1: Ed Davis Oh yeah me too
0: <laughs> like everybody in Portland loves Ed Davis like we miss him right. And like part of the reason why is cuz he would generate more possessions right and that's what offensive rebounds does is it just generates more possessions I mean do you think that maybe I mean New York you know not exactly like a contending team a winning team I mean do you think that maybe Cantor can have more value maybe if he's less a focus on offense and more just a focus on generating more possessions for Portland's backcourt is that maybe part of how that could work
1: yeah, I mean because he's not the focus of the offense like you you suggested. Damian Lillard is uh, as the point guard, as a distributor and a guy that can hit last second shots. Um, and, and I look at Cantor in that same in that same vein with the Knicks. Um, Cantor was not the focal point of that team. I mean, who was the focal point of that team? I, I would say yeah. Tim Hart Jr., who was now uh with the Dallas Mavericks as well as Perzingis. and canter was the was the big center threat I guess you could say in Porzingis' absence but you know i've watched Perz- i've watched excuse me I've watched cantor um since utah since since the thunder and uh you know I've always been enamored by how much bigger he plays um and I think the reason why I'm enamored by that is because I think he's a throwback to uh, a couple of people. Um, number one, he's a he's six eleven, but really looks about six eight. Um, I would say there are a couple people that come to mind: uh, Charles Barkley, Jason Williams, mm. Charles Barkley.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think you know he, he's really an impressive body of work you forget that he was a third pick in the 2011 nba draft um but i but i like him I, li- I like i like the way he plays the game and um he's a joy to listen to a joy to watch him and listen to as well man I, you know him being with the yeah. knicks I got an opportunity to be around him watch his post-game commentary and and really his knowledge of, of the basketball uh game he, he knows his he knows his um he knows his basketball
0: yeah for sure and i mean by the way, I mean, not to get too political, but I mean, obviously he's of Turkish descent. Has been a pretty outspoken critic of Erdogan, who's the dictator there in Turkey, and like, good for him for standing up for the people in the community there in Turkey. Uh, one last question or comment, rather. Like, so Canner it's funny because like, I feel like he's been around forever, and I look down, the dude's only 26 years old. Like, like you said, yep. he was the third pick in the draft back in 2011, but he's only 26, and the Blazers have to think about like whether or not they can resign him after the season like do you think that like the way that he plays uh do you think that he might have like uh like a short prime or a long prime like and to be completely honest with you like i don't have like a good sense of the way in which he plays i haven't followed him a ton like you're a national writer like you understand that a little bit better than i do like do you think at 26 that he has good years left in him is that something that you might look forward to with the signing yeah. like this
1: i do think that he he um has good years left, and just because I write nationally or I talk nationally doesn't mean that I don't have a perspective just like you. You, you know basketball, and 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 we're all human beings. But what I'll say is this: I think that he's playing for his next contract, and I think he and Way Ellington have yeah. that comment you know when you look at the when you look at Inas Kanter and, and what he was able to do um a, a during the season for the Knicks and then to have suitors like you know the, the Celtics to have suitors in uh Houston and and in potentially LA and the Brooklyn Nets um that says something to your skill set it says something to your talent and I'll add um had he gone to like a Lakers team or or, or even the Rockets where I think he'd be competing for a position um, it'd be crowded. I look at Wayne Ellington the same way. It'd be easier. He's an, he went to Episcopal High School and um and, and right outside of uh, West Philly, and it'd be easy for him to play for the Sixers. But the Sixers are kind of crowded. The Lakers are kind of crowded, and so you're trying to get that bag, as 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 uh, DJ Callow would say. So I, I feel like you know if you're trying to get that bag, you can't be doing what everybody else is doing. And I think Portland is such a um. A place that's low-key it has nike but you gotta have minutes minutes is the, is, the, is the major key there you see what i did with the Khaled thing there that's the major <laughs> yeah. key i really do think that that's a move for him but i don't necessarily know whether that's going to be a long-term move for him like wayne ellington going to detroit i look at Caner as a situation where um He's able to grow and, and make a deep playoff run and and, and and get that next that next payday. So and that being at 26 years old, um, his, he's not a bang guy, but he can be a bang guy. Um, he's a finesse guy, but he can get you rebounds. If you can get 10 to 15 rebounds a game, you're gonna have some longevity in the NBA.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like my last thing on this, like Coach Stotts, he's been known to squeeze lemonades out of lemons like he's gotten production out of like people like robin lopez and alfred Camino and mo harkless and like people who like maybe didn't do as well in other places and have just thrived in portland so i for one am pretty excited uh it's a low risk uh you know high potential signing here and i'm stoked about it uh brandon i will not take him more, more of your time i appreciate it host of scoopy radio writer of b-ball society people want to hook up with you on social media uh interact with you like how would they do that
1: uh, follow me on Twitter at ScoopB, that's S-C-O-O-P, letter B. Instagram, Scoop underscore B. Um, Snapchat, Snapchat, excuse me, Scoop underscore B. And make sure you subscribe to Scoopy Radio uh, Podcast. It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, App, Stitcher, Apple. Visit ScoopBradio.com. 3.5 million streams last year, 2.5 million streams in 2017. And um, a lot of good things being announced on the television side in March. So be looking for that as well.
0: Hell yeah. Brandon Robinson, appreciate it. Thanks, man. My brother, thank you. Thank you again to Brandon Robinson of Scoopy Radio and B Ball Society. It's always good to have him on. Two time guest, the Trail is Good to get that national perspective. Sorry that we couldn't have Keith here. He did get stuck in that Portland area traffic. That traffic monster is bumping. But with that, we're going to leave you with this quick episode. The Blazers absolutely destroying the Warriors. 129-107. to 107, The Blazers signing Ennis Cantor. All-Star break coming up. Damian Lillard going to be in the All-Star game. You got Damian Lillard and Seth Curry both in the three-point competition. We are looking forward to that. So tune in next time for your Trailcasters episode. We're trying to get at you twice a week. And if you want to hit us up, you always can. That's going to be at Trailcasters on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Emails are always going to work. Trailcasters at gmail.com. We also have a website, simply trailcasters.com. But the most most important thing, and I usually lament the fact that I don't have a co-host to say this, but we're going to want your five-star reviews, whether they are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, that doesn't matter what matters are those reviews, because truly more reviews means that more people see the show and more people means more fun, and as always, the intro, outro, and interlude beats are brought to you by Odar. You can check out his work at soundcloud.com slash odarbeats, and with that, Thank you for listening. That is our show. I can't do the entire outro like Keith can because he is so much better than me. But on this dark and stormy and somewhat ominous Wednesday evening, it's now 11 o'clock, February 13. We thank you again for joining the Trailcasters. Tune in next time for me, Brandon Goldner. And for Keith, you can hit us up on Twitter at GoldnerPDX and at RipCityKeith. We appreciate all of you so much. You have no idea how much your listenership means to us. It really does mean a ton. Thank you so much. And until next time, go Blazers and hashtag Rip